Here is a carry by Hines, bouncing off bodies inside the 20. Foot race. Hines, touchdown. Colts. Here's one to the end zone, wide open, Elijah Moore. And that is touchdown number one through the air for the rookie from Ole Miss. And what a nice answer by the Jets. Right back to offense, go the Colts. Wow. Taylor's gone. Jonathan Taylor. Goodbye, touchdown, Indy. 78 yards. And this is a nightmare for the Jets. <laughs> that is accurate. Called the Indy 500. The Colts roll up 532 total yards on the Jets defense that looked both overmatched and unprepared. The final's 45-30, uh, but that is some garbage time scoring by the Jets. In, in reality, this is one of the biggest blowouts you'll see all year in the NFL and one of the great rushing performances you will see all year in the NFL. The Colts, who give the Colts this, they are resilient. They've had some really bad losses this year. They're coming off a brutal one, the loss to the Titans, where Wentz has his meltdown. They had that brutal Monday night loss to the Ravens last month. They bounced back from this game. And I'm not saying bouncing back against the New York Jets is anything to, uh, you know, pound your chest about. But there is something to be said about the way the Colts came out in this game on short rest and just took it to the Jets. Some of the most dominating offensive line play uh, that I can ever remember. I mean, this was a game... That was six minutes to play in the third quarter. The Colts had already amassed 261 rushing yards and 27 attempts and three touchdowns. Uh, they were averaging, at that point, 9.7 yards per carry. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, whoa. Here's another crazy stat, because this is one of those games where what's happening is so dominant that you want to just kind of get a historical idea of what was happening in this game. The Colts rushed for 134 yards in the first half with 104 of those yards gained before first contact. That is an average of six point yards per rush before content before contact, which means the domination up front was so out of control with Quentin Nelson and the rest of that offensive line on the Jets' front four, which is supposed to be the strength of that defense, by the way, that Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines were getting deep into the secondary before they were even touched. That's what we're talking about here. And Carson Wentz, who came off, uh, as we said, a miserable ending to the game against the Titans with the left-handed shovel pick six that put him in the deep hole. In overtime, they tie the game up, and then he throws the pick that sets up the loss that a lot of people say put the end to the AFC South chase, or at least that we that's what we thought until Derrick Henry's injury. Well, Wentz stepped up and played a really good game today, 22 of 30, 272, three touchdowns, averaging over nine yards per uh, attempt, and Wentz did his job, but again, if you want to see who is the real hero in this game, you can say Jonathan Taylor, who is an absolute superstar who is shredding teams on a weekly basis, 19 car carries for 172 yards 
and two touchdowns in this game, including that 78 yarder uh, that just was the exclamation point uh, in the third quarter. Uh, Himes, as I said, who had the first touchdown. Uh, but I think the real star of this game was that Indy front five. The blocking was so dominant that it just took complete control of the game from the jump. And so give it up to the Colts. They're resilient. They're still a team that has work to do. They are four and five, um, but they are a team that has a chance here, not just in the division with Derrick Henry hurt. And I understand they, they, they're still, uh, they are still three games behind the Titans in the loss column and the Titans have the tiebreaker. I get all of that, but, but they have the Jaguars next week. So there you go. Five and five. The schedule tightens up after that. But all I'm saying is let's see where this division is after next week because the Colts are a team that hangs around. And as for the other side of the ball, I, Ricky, I called this one. I mean, I said it and I was not going to get sucked in. I, I knew what happened on Sunday at the Meadowlands was special for the Jets and their fans, a beleaguered fan base that has had nothing but misery for about a decade now. And what Mike White did in that game was so fun that it all felt like it's just a setup. The fact that four days later, okay, primetime game. Hey, Jets fan, primetime game. Get into it. Get excited. Mike White, is he the new Linsanity of the NFL? But it always felt like it was the uh, Lucy holding the football situation uh, and pulling it away on Charlie Brown, which is exactly what happened. I think, uh, Ricky, what did I say? I said uh, that I thought that Mike White would be Injured in he the first would be injured yeah. on the first drive or would throw for five picks. So it was the second drive. So you were yeah. close. So I was way I mean, off. It's, <laughs> it's got a it's, you know, that first touchdown that he threw on that blown coverage, like looked beautiful. He was slinging it down the field. I do think the last I saw that um, it was just a he couldn't grip the ball because of a bad bruise or contusion and should be back for next week. Maybe you do sit Zach Wilson another week. I mean, what Johnson threw what, 318 yards like this is discouraging almost <laughs> if well. you're a Jets fan, right? Or how, I mean, how are you feeling? It's obviously discouraging, Ricky. I mean, that that was one of the worst defensive performances. No, I guess I in, mean in franchise about your rookie history. QB. Uh, well, that's that's a separate situation. He's hurt right now, and Mike White. This was you saw the frustration he had on the sideline. You know what? If I'm going to continue talking about the Jets, I think I think I'm going to need company. I think I need somebody to talk to. And I think I know who it is. Ooh, and I'm so excited. But you're going to have to wait until after this break. Hit it, Ricky. His name is Keith. He's Dan's dad. No doubt about it. He's a big Jets fan. What is he going to say about the game today? What is he going to say about the game today? Yes, for the first time, my dad joins us live on the Around the NFL podcast. Dad, I wish it was under better circumstances. There was a scenario here where you're joining the show today to talk Mike White's second big-time performance uh, in a row. And, you know, we have a situation here in New York with a out-of-nowhere star developing uh, for the team. But instead, isn't it the most Jets thing ever, Dad, that not only does he get injured uh, almost immediately, he gets hurt, on a uh, touchdown pass 
uh, and then you just never see him again. Why does this always happen to the Jets? Why did you do this to me, Dad? Why did you bring me into this world of pain? Well, I didn't intend to do it then, you know. Uh, that's for sure. You know, that was as disappointing to, to me as you when I see the touchdown pass being thrown. And, you know, they may, it looks like they're back into the same plays as last week where he was looking so good, White. And then all of a sudden we see him uh, with some sort of an injury to the hand or the forearm or the fingers. It was so ridiculous that nothing was even being stated except that he was doubtful, which, come on. I thought that was weird. I agree. I thought that was weird because you had, and Troy Aikman's dying because Aikman's like not just Jets fans, but everyone that tuned into the game that didn't have a, uh, you know, didn't have a real team to root for, a true rooting interest beyond maybe their fantasy teams. Like you wanted to see Mike White, uh, his encore performance, and and they're cutting over to him and he looks disappointed. But I'm thinking to myself, he should either be, uh, in the game, he should be in the locker room, or he should have a medical team around him. And instead, he was just kind of standing there, which, I mean, it doesn't, you know, we don't know what, what the injury is at this time. But, like, that was frustrating, too, because it just felt so kind of strange. Uh, but the truth is that your hero, if your hero, Joe Namath, uh, the 1969 version, uh, replaced Mike White today, it wouldn't have mattered because the defense doesn't show up on, like, a biblical level of failure, like – what was it watching? What was it like watching for you tonight? Well, when I saw that, uh, for example, the first touchdown, the way they, the offensive line of the Colts blew away the Jets, and it was a 34 yard run where the guy was not even touched. I mean, it was so ridiculous the way the, that they were blown out the holes and the Jet defensive line uh, and their total defense was just totally being. Uh, thrown away all right I just cannot believe that I don't know whether they weren't ready to play again and this is the problem that we've seen with the Jets right what what did they not come out of the locker room ready to play and this is the way it appears again to me you know that they came out flat right yeah the Robert Sala thing is troubling here because he I know he's inheriting a terrible team uh, but it's not completely devoid of talent in fact you know they have some players um on the front four uh you have cj mosley who's been good this year and yet there was no excuses like the patriots game you could say well it's just belichick owns them and mosley was out and they were you know in new england a place that's been a house of horrors so you kind of just chalk it up to one of those days for the jets but that shouldn't have happened against the colts today it's that that tells me and this is a really bad stat that they are in four of the last five games, um, and I call this the Indy 500 this game, but four of the, four of the last five games, their defense is averaging uh, 491 yards allowed. Wow. So it's, it's been arguably the worst defense in the league for over a month now. And when Robert Sala is a guy that got the job because of his defensive acumen, you start to get nervous. Absolutely. I mean, you don't even see hardly any reaction with him on the sideline. Unlike last week when they had that one reaction, he had that one reaction when they had the goal line stand (laughs) where you saw some sort of like excitement. But there now you see him just sitting there, uh, standing there at the sideline is looking. It's almost like gritting his teeth. And you say to yourself, (laughs) what did he say to those guys at halftime even right then comes out after halftime and then they blow down the field. So you say, boy, that didn't work. (laughs) Right. I think Aikman said at one point uh, when, 
you know, Sala was just a statue on the sideline. Oh, these Jets players, it is going to be a, a, a long trip home and Monday is going to be really unpleasant. It was like, I don't even know if he's uh, coherent. I don't know if he's conscious right now. I, I assume he's going to be very mad at the players. And I'm not, you know, bailing on uh, Robert Sala, the Robert Sala era, but I, I, I think it's safe to say, Dad, that we're disappointed where the defense is uh, eight games into the season because that was the one thing you thought they would kind of hold together even after you lost Carl Lawson in August. It, he would be able to build something that was at least average, and that's the way it was for three weeks. But now it's absolutely a disaster, and the offense is not good enough to make up for it, not even close. Not even close, and and you're right. Even if White came back in the game, it probably wouldn't have made any difference. Even though Johnson played pretty good, surprisingly, he came pretty good. And and you know, I just it was just another total disappointment as a Jet fan to just see the team get blown out again at half by halftime. The game's over. You know, they've lost seven straight now in prime time. And if you told me that. All of those games are decided by at least two touchdowns. I believe you. I know they actually had that close game against New England last year with the Flacco game, and they lost in the field goal at the gun. But I feel like a lot of these games have not even been competitive, and it all builds into a general vibe that the Jets are an embarrassment, that they are a team that when you turn them on and they have a national game, they will be the butt of the joke, and they were again in this one. Papa, any other thoughts on the game before – yeah, one other thought is, yes. you know, why did they get Flacco? I mean, are you telling me that he can't figure it out? I mean, this guy, how many years has he been in the league, all right? He has no idea of what's going on, so he's still on the sidelines sitting there. I mean, I mean, Johnson played well, but, I mean, it was garbage time mainly, right? Well, so, you got to figure – I guess we're going to find out how weird this is going to get now because if – Zach Wilson, who they think will return to practice next week, but if he doesn't return to practice, if he's not ready to come back, they have basically have a mini buy because of the Thursday night game um, before Buffalo. Uh, then you're going to want to put in White, but if Mike White has a serious injury, then I guess you're going to put in Flacco, but Josh Johnson did play well. But why do they even trade for Flacco if they're not going right. to put him in the lineup? Uh, I guess when they traded for him, we hadn't seen Mike White yet, and we hadn't seen Josh Johnson I just think Joe Flacco might be cursed this year where no matter where he goes, nobody wants to play him. But he's not even dressing, which is kind of weird. No, he, he not as even dress. You know, he just keeps growing that beard. You know, that's all he keeps doing. I mean, next what? time we see him, he'll probably have the beard down to his chest. You know, <laughs> what do you think of my beard, Dad? Well, I, you know, I like it then, you know. No, you but, could be honest. You, know, you, you don't yeah. like it? Or? Well, I always think you look sharp when, the beard, when you're clean shaven, you know, but the yeah. beard is a good touch, too. You know, what does mom, what does mom think? When you guys well, watch power you know, rankings, yeah, uh, I think uh, she likes you to clean shaven as well. You know, okay. You know, Barca, what do you think? I like I like a little scruff, Mister Hansis. I, I think it 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 adds to his you know sex appeal on on television. Oh, well, easy there. All right. You know <laughs> what? what? You think? I think he looks. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not knocking it. You know, I'm just saying <laughs> I see different different sides. You know, I see when he's got the clean shaven look, and okay. I see when he's got the bearded look. So, you know, I, I think it looks, it looks cool, Dan. I was, I, uh, thanks, Dad. But I don't really remember you growing a beard. I know you've grown a mustache. Well, you know, I, but... yeah, I'm not like Flacco, you know. I, I can't <laughs> grow a beard like him, you know. There's a Hansis curse where we were unable to grow in the middle part of the mustache. Uh, so the only way to combat it is just to grow the, the hair a little longer to cover that up. That's right. Uh, it's it's kind of a tough situation. We don't – it doesn't – a Hansis beard doesn't grow in big and bushy. It's just the way mm-hmm. it is. Anyway. So, Dad uh, – 
keep it up, Dan. That's okay. Yeah. All right. And I and I, I wish again, and this happens too often for the past, you know, thirty plus years. I wish we were speaking under better circumstances, but this is what happened. But you you did get to watch Joe Namath win Super Bowl three. That is a memory you have. I do not have it, but you do. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, Namath was my was my hero. And you know what? If he was playing today, he would have been back in the game. Not like White sitting on the sideline. I'm sorry. Put something on his forearm or something if he's really hurt. He's sitting there doing nothing. To me, he should have been out there if he, uh, unless there's some sort of something to it. But that's uh, that's just a, a feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. No, that's a that's a dad take. I like that that you came out with it because it did strike me as odd that he didn't get back in the game. But obviously, he was frustrated. You could tell he was running his fingers through his hair. He almost couldn't believe that this would happen to him. It was, it was kind of a freak injury on the follow through. But that's the Jets. That's how it is. They suck us in, and then. They heard us. I know it was it was terrible to see him go out, and we knew that you know it was only going to be bad things after that. You know, so. All right, thank you, Papa. Have a good night. All right, thank you for, for joining us. Bye. All right. Bye. Talk to you later, Dad. Bye. All right, take care. All right, there goes my dad. Um, <laughs> I like that he, I like that he got after uh, Mike White at the end there. I was hoping he was gonna because I wanted what he was texting me to come through too, that he was mad that he wasn't in. That was good. Yeah. Um, but that's just the frustration of, of Jets fans. We, we want to have happiness. We want things to go the way they go for other teams. It just doesn't happen, but that's, that's the way it is. So again, the Colts back to the team that matters here. The Colts are four and five with a chance to get to 500 against the Jaguars who are maybe worse than the Jets. If you think about that. Uh, and, that division is open, and the Colts are in the AFC playoff race. Mark Sessler said the Colts are boring. I don't think the Colts are boring. I think the Colts are a imperfect but interesting team in this AFC landscape. Not a Super Bowl team, but a team to keep an eye on with Wentz uh, being a roller coaster but being much better than I think a lot of people expected, and with Jonathan Taylor then a Michael Pittman, Pittman emerging as a star uh, along with that defense. Um, Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner leading the way there. There's some players here. Okay. That's a it. A lot right of there. them. Yeah. Did we, you found your keys, right? Your car keys? Yes, I did. We I did. did. Found right. my keys. Good. Did we talk about it on the Thursday preview show? I don't think we did. All right. So this doesn't really mean anything to the audience, but at one point, Erica lost. I tweeted keys. about it. I tweeted okay. about it. No, and it was a quite, quite a stressful day, but I found them. Got the keys. <clears throat> We're good. Good, good, good. Well, at least one good thing came out of this Thursday. All right. You know where to find us next. The uh, Saturday around the NFL broadcast on NFL Network. Check your local listings. Call your cable operator and demand NFL Network. Uh, And they'll be like, you have it. It's in your second tier sports package. You've been paying for it for four years. Then you go, ah, okay. And then Then check out the flagship program, uh, the Around the NFL podcast, Sunday night. All right. That's it. Till then. 